Hi, this is Heidi. Episode 41, lens number three, I worry about you. Life isn't a spectator sport. Success comes to those who show up every day with a pocket full of courage, grit, and a little sparkle. I'm glad you're here. listeners, new, and those of you who have been here for a while for a few episodes, remember to click subscribe in your iTunes podcast streaming app or wherever you listen to it. If you could please leave me a rating and review, that would be awesome. Of course, I like five stars. You can put whatever you think is right. So when I get to 100, and right now we're already past 50, I'm going to randomly pick one of those 100 and send a $100 Amazon gift card. Thank you. Thank you to those who did this months ago. And to those of you who are still doing it, it really helps this podcast get out to people who want it and need this type of help. Thank you, B. DeFig, who wrote, I love this podcast. It's super helpful to check in weekly and have this time of introspection. Each podcast is thoughtful, funny, and concise. Thank you, Becky. Thank you. So today's episode is about lens number three in this series about each of the five clarifying lenses that when cloudy and distorted create a lot of unwanted negative emotion in us. And when cleared and focused, allow us to create more calm, peace, happiness, and positive, even while balancing the normal frustrations. So lens number three is one that we all wear at times. And for many people, it is a lens they just cannot take off. They feel like it is so stuck. This lens is the worry lens. It is the lens we see the world and our children through when we think things like this. I'm so worried you might do this. I'm worried this will happen in your future. What if this happens? What if you become addicted to this? What if you can't get into this college or you're in this horrible accident? What if someone emotionally hurts you in the future? I don't think you'll be able to handle X, Y, or Z happening to you. Or just having a cloud follow you everywhere because your thoughts always go to there's so much bad in this world that could bring this great devastation to you or could hurt you. This is the worry and the anxiety lens. If the primary emotions you feel about your child are worry, anxiety, and stress, it is possible this lens is very cloudy and distorting your vision of your child. And we all know people, probably at least one person, maybe even a parent or other close family members who seem just addicted to worry. They love to worry. It's an emotion that's very comfortable to them. Ironically, so then we say, oh, she's the worrier or he's the worrier in our family. I think it's really important that I go over what worry is and what it isn't and why our brains and our body trick us into thinking that it might be useful. So here are a few definitions of worry. Dictionary.com says that worry as a verb is to torment oneself with or suffer from disturbing thoughts, to seize or torment with cares. I really like the visual of that. Worry is torment and seizing and suffering. 
Merriam-Webster says worry is mental distress or agitation resulting from concern of something impending or anticipated. So worry is about the future. And another definition, worry is a chain of thoughts and images negatively affect laden. Worry represents an attempt to engage in mental problem solving, but contains the possibility of one or more negative outcomes. Okay, so worry is about the future. Worry is not about the present. Worry is our brains wanting to solve a problem, but it isn't a problem right now. So these are imaginary problems. And worry is always about hypothetical events. So thinking and planning ahead in a productive way is going to keep us prepared for life. But when our preparation creates anxiety and stress, this planning is now worry and it's not helpful. Worry becomes a problem when we feel anxious. We stop taking productive actions in our life when we're blocked from moving forward, when we can't control our thoughts and constantly picture catastrophe in the future. So A little worry, like a little anxiety, is very normal, and it gives our body chemicals to take action. We need some adrenaline to do scary things or act with courage. But too much worry in our heads and bodies creates this anxiety. And anxiety has become kind of a buzzword, and in reality, everybody has some anxiety. We need it. We need to be worried about how we'll pay the bills. That normal anxiety is what gets us out of bed every day to go to work. So we do make the money to pay the bills. Your teen may feel some anxiety about a big paper. That emotion is necessary so they do the uncomfortable work of researching, writing, communicating, asking for help. So it gets turned in on time. But too much anxiety and the teen just isn't going to do the work. They fear failure. They're paralyzed. Small doses get us moving, and we move from anxiety into another emotion then, like committed or determined. Now, those examples of how worry and anxiety help us show up in the world in areas that we do have control. So that usually isn't a problem. This lens of I am worried becomes a distorted lens when we focus on things, people, and events that we don't have control over. And worry wants us to think it's necessary, and we might possibly have control over others. But we don't have control over others. I love the quote by Eckhart Tolle, worry pretends to be necessary. And because excessive and paralyzing worry is all about the future, worry really robs us of peace or happiness or whatever emotion, even negative, that would be more productive and healthy to feel in the present. A lot of people think that worry is a sign of loving someone. We're trained to think a mom who worries about her children loves them. A little worry to protect them is good, but too much worry that torments and seizes your happiness and makes you stay home isn't good. That isn't protection. Now, why should we reduce worry and anxiety? Okay. When you're the one at the receiving end of worry, it doesn't feel like love. It feels like a lack of confidence. It feels like controlling and anxiousness. So think of that worrier in your life. Do you tell them your problems? I don't. What type of relationship do you want with your child? Do you want them to be able to talk to you about things going on in their life? Of course you do. 
But if they perceive that they won't be adding a burden to you or they know you won't bring it up every 10 minutes, that's when they'll be willing to share. And I know we're all trying every which way to increase communication and connection with our kids. So reducing our worry about them might be a way to help them open up with us. Now, another reason to reduce worry and anxiety is for our own physical health. These emotions create tension in our body and our body doesn't like it. And then we're conditioned to then buffer with sweets or salty foods or overeat this or overdo it in something else. Maybe do something else super unproductive that's going to help us avoid these emotions. So we create more negative in our life by not caring for our bodies in a healthy way. Okay, one last why before I give you the tools to clear off this lens. Our children take their cues from us. If they sense we're worried, they might worry more. Now, don't listen to this and then add guilt to your plate if you have an anxious or super worried child. I'm not saying this for you to then blame yourself for any anxiety your child has, but just know the work you do for yourself will reduce the negative energy and emotion your child has swirling around them. Okay, so no blaming yourself, but know that your child does take cues from you on what to worry about and what not to worry about. So we know what worry is. It's about the future, not the present. And it's going to be negative. We know it doesn't help us or our teenagers, and it has a subtle way of kind of feeling necessary. So you now ask, how do we clear up this mental lens? How do we reduce the worry and bring our brains back to the present with our teens? I have several activities for you to do. Now, I want you to do them intentionally. Write them down. Maybe say them to your spouse or another person. This makes them more real. When you're ready, set up a consult with me. But these activities can change your mental wiring and thus your emotional footprint. First, and this is the most powerful, create the worst case scenario for the thing you're worried about. Make your brain actually see it happening and decide how everything will play out. This actually gives your brain reassurance that you and your child will be able to handle everything, even the worst thing. I did this recently with a client who is very worried about her daughter, who is type 1 diabetic. She's 20 years old, not living at home, and she was moving. My client was really, really worried that she would forget her insulin. And her daughter had forgotten it in the past, and this time she would be needing it for this day trip. And like all type 1 diabetics, she needs it to live. Now, my client was paralyzed by this worry and others, but we focused on this one worry in our session. So I asked, well, let's say that she does forget it. Then what? So she created that situation. She knew she'd have enough for that day. She was traveling for a day and she'd be able to get some when she arrived somewhere. She realized the worst thing that would happen is that they would lose four or five vials of insulin, which does cost money, but that would be the worst thing that would happen. So suddenly the worry wasn't paralyzing. The worst case would be that they would be out a couple hundred dollars. Now, guess what? the daughter did forget her insulin before she left or she packed it and then it ended up not getting on with her. And guess what? Everything worked out fine. All the worry that my client's brain wanted her to think that was so necessary 
and notice how it was creating negative emotion. She wasn't worried. Oh, no, she's going to arrive early and all these other positive things. That worry didn't help my client anything. It didn't help her daughter. It robbed my client of peace and even calm and confidence that she could feel for her daughter. So force your mind to create the worst case and list out exactly how you and your child would solve for it. A common worry I hear from people is they worry that their child will make mistakes that will limit their life choices. So I make them get specific. The brain can't solve for general issues. What is the specific thing you're worried about? Your child getting pregnant at 18 or not being able to finish college? So solve for how would you and your child deal with it. Get very specific. What would you do? How would you help this child through this situation? How would you help them with their education? Now, the second question and activity after identifying your worry is to ask, why is this a problem? Answer the question as if you were describing it to an alien or someone who doesn't know why doing pot is something to worry about. When you detail it, your brain then can't keep on making up even worse or more imaginary problem stories. And this question isn't to minimize things that do happen to our teens as if they aren't a problem. Yes, many things they do can become a problem. But when we focus on these things, we then aren't seeing so many other things. Our brains are running around uncontrolled like a toddler with lots of markers and crayons. So we have our worst case scenario and we know why this is a problem. Now ask yourself, if this happened, what would your child learn from it? So my client's daughter who had forgotten her insulin, she learned an important lesson on her own. And she's being so much more responsible with her health right now. I've learned some of my more meaningful lessons in life by making mistakes, feeling the real pain, physical and emotional, and I won't make them again. It's the real growing part of life. Okay, now your next activity when you're paralyzed with worry, what positive things could happen in your child's future? One client's very concerned with her child and if they're going to get into a certain college and will her child really be able to take care of themselves with, they have a lot of anxiety and ADHD. So we made her brain conjure up 10 positive things that could happen for this child when they get to college. She imagined the child getting into the exact college that they were supposed to, or at least to start at. She created a vision of the child being able to take care of their temporal and physical and school needs. She saw them having the courage to talk to professors when they had questions. She created the vision of the child thriving in college, learning how to handle life on their own. She saw them blooming. And even if things don't go perfect, she saw how this was the best way for this child to learn and grow. You guys, visualizing the positive is such a powerful tool. Did you know you can create the positive emotion now and you can choose to live in that now instead of all the negativity and worrying? Your life will change if you spend 10 minutes a day or whatever you can carve out to picture so much good and success and growth happening for your children in the future. Create the picture. See them blooming. This narrative honestly will change the way you act and the things you say to your child now. 
since you've created your own story of confidence for your child, you're going to talk to them in a different way because you already know everything is going to work out. That's one of my favorite thoughts. I think on an hourly basis, there might be bumps along the road, but I know everything is going to be okay. Now, one last activity. List 15 unexpected and amazing things that could happen to your teenager now and in the future. List them in detail. List more than 15 if you want. They can be small and amazing and big and amazing. This will help you create that vision you can redirect your brain to when worry pops up, which it definitely will. It's just what our brains do. Your lower brain will always want to protect you. You are just going to use your higher brain to come in and bring yourself back to the present and back to what is useful. Worry isn't useful. And remember, worry is robbing us of today. It robs us of being present in our life for ourselves and our children. Worry is robbing us of experiencing our children exactly as they are today. Worry robs us of helping them and supporting them in who they are today. Often there is no problem today. We may stop worrying about their ability to stay organized in college when we can focus and see, oh, they did make up their bed today. Maybe it's the first time in a year, but they did do that. Instead of worrying if they'll do well on the SAT, we can look up their grades and focus on what they did turn in. Praise them for the positive that you see today. The worry lens makes us focus on the negative, and we can even become paranoid thinking of danger being around every corner. So our brain isn't calm enough to appropriately deal with reality. Our brain is less able to see the good because we're hyper-focused on this imaginary negative. We don't praise our kids enough because we undervalue the good we see, maybe telling ourselves it's only temporary, and we dwell more on what isn't good, which leads to more criticism. And like I said earlier, if we can feel confidence for our children and show it to them, they'll also take these confidence cues from us. And it's not just confidence that things will go right or our children will always make the right decisions. It's confidence that they can solve their problems, confidence they can learn from their mistakes, confidence that they have the ability to overcome obstacles in their life, confidence that they can navigate the world, get some bumps and bruises, and still be better than we can even imagine. Our kids surprise us if we're willing to see it. They're a hundred times more capable than we think. There is so much we don't see them doing in their life that really is remarkable. They have potential and bright futures that will astound us. And if they do have hardships or take some missteps that maybe even put them on a different path, they are experiencing the life that they need to experience. And our job is to love them, to teach them, to support them the entire way. These years do go fast. I believe they can be enjoyable years. And because I believe that, I'm creating that. And you can too. It just takes clearing off our vision and seeing our children and ourselves exactly as we are. Now, there's more information on my program and the workbook that can get you started. It's all available at HeidiBenjaminson.com or you can email me at Heidi at HeidiBenjaminson.com. When you're ready, 
to take this all to a deeper level, drop the judgment about yourself, your teen, and really replace worry with calm, book a phone consult with me to see if private one-on-one coaching is right for you. We all need someone outside of us giving us new glasses to wear. Seeing our world clearly is the best feeling. Okay, everyone, stay safe and well, and I'll see you next week.